folks, and welcome to another episode of the Moose Hunt Podcast, brought to you in part by OMM Outfitters and the Eagle Lake Sporting Camps of Eagle Lake, Maine. As always, I'm your host, Chris Richards, sitting down today for another action-packed, informative, fun episode. One very familiar customer, some somewhat familiar customer. We're sitting down with team member, scouter extraordinaire, Mr. Photography, Bryce Morrison as well as our fearless leader, the one, the only, Mr. Nathan Terrio. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this bluebird, bluebird, gorgeous Northern Maine day? Yeah, doing doing good, Chris. Thanks for the great introduction, as always, and, and uh, excited to be back here with you. Yeah, doing great, Chris. That was a very flattering introduction. I'm going to try to live up to that. It's a good flying day, Nate. Actually, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> and so, actually, that's a that's a, a good item for us because today we're going to get into a variety of topics. Um, Nate just went on a little bit of a trip, and so we're going to kind of get his thoughts on that, and it, that'll be exciting, I think, for a lot of listeners to hear about that program, that event. Um, I'll tell you, it looks amazing. So I'll look forward to getting into that. Um, we'll reflect a bit on the year. Um, cause I can say when I think back in the macro on this past year's hunting season, um, it was awesome. It, we had a lot of, a lot of success, some great memories made. Um, and then we'll kind of get into a bit of, uh, reflect on December. And then the winter scouting, uh, get some updates on kind of how winters are going, what we're seeing out there, and uh, you know, just kind of see where it goes. But it's it's the lull of winter. But I'll be honest, um, I don't feel like winters really got here in a crazy way yet. Yeah, has it has it at all? Same up here, you know, not a lot of snow. I would dare say there's. I don't know, maybe two and a half feet of snow on the ground, and you know it's been uh, mild, mild cold conditions. You know, not a lot of ice. Thought we were off to a good start in November, December for for a you know normalized winter, but uh, that ch- that changed about the middle of December when we, we were lucky. We only got an inch of rain, but you know some of those places uh, down in the western part got five or six inches in like 24 hours, which is un- unheard of. It was unbelievable. Uh, and I will say this too, and, and anyone who snowmobiles or is into snowmobiling in Maine at all, the amount of damage, particularly to Western Maine, like where Eric Poland lives and stuff, to the trail system from that five inches of rain was devastating. Um, I got an update uh, from a buddy of mine who does some work in Western Maine for like conservation and stuff. And I think he was telling me that there was a section of trail, major ITS that was washed away and they needed 2,400 yards of gravel to get the trail opened again. Wow. I mean, think about that. And, and it was like, they called these emergency meetings to get resources together. And 
you know, I think we got a, a tip, I'll say a tip of the hat to a lot of the clubs in Western Maine, particularly like Rangely, like, you know, a big club like that offering resources to other clubs to get open because it is such a major economic item. And especially the, I don't know if it's why, but that Western mountain area, like just those mountain streams and bridges, I think Eric's club lost like 13 bridges, um, but they managed to get it together and I guess we're making the most of it. Um, but I know like Eagle Lake normally averages what over a hundred inches of snowfall a year, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, normally by this time, um, on a normal year, we have anywhere from, you know, four to six feet of snow on the ground. Right. I went for, went for a ride yesterday and it was, uh, quite quite different quite interesting seeing it at that low of a level you know everything's jumping out at you all the sticks and you know brush that's coming up and it was uh it was interesting but uh, I, yeah i haven't even registered my sled yet i've just been so busy kids sports all these things but you know i'll get around to it here the late february march riding is the best anyway um yeah. however with this mild winter, you know, what are y'all seeing in the woods? Let's get in kind of the scouting report, what you guys are seeing, your thoughts on, you know, what does this really mean in the macro sense for wildlife and that type of thing? Yeah, well, you know, this is the second winter we've had that, you know, has been relatively easy, you know, for, for wildlife, which is a, a very good thing. Um, you know, the deer coming out, the, the big mature animals, you know, they're coming out of the breeding season and able to, you know, not have to wade through all that snow to get to the feed that they need to get to, to regain a lot of that energy, you know, they're getting the moose. I mean, geez, they, they're not even struggling to walk around. I mean, we hardly even need snowshoes, you know, walking around right now, you know, so <clears throat> it's, uh. It's great for the wildlife, especially for the mature animals and the, um, you know, the, the younger animals, the calves, you know, the, the ones that don't have the long legs. Right. And, uh, you know, so that's going to be really good. We're super excited to, you know, see, see, you know, next year we expect, you know, everything we're following this year to, to still be alive, well and healthy. Which is awesome because I know I've seen some of the aerial scouting. I've seen some of the bulls, some of the pictures, some of the named, some of you even got some names now and, and that whole deal. And we've, anyone hasn't been on our social media accounts on Facebook and stuff, if you go on there and check, you'll actually be able to see some of the, the gorgeous animals that have been located, have been seen, somewhat history. I know Bryce particularly with one of them. Um, and, you know, with this low snowfall, are you finding that bulls like that still carrying antlers, all that stuff? Are you, you know, what, what are you seeing from sheds and, and that type of thing so far? Well, uh, usually these big, mature, older animals will drop first. I mean, it's subjective to the animal, I guess. They could drop early. They could hold them late. Um, one bull in particular that we were watching, Cricket, he dropped in December. We got his set. Um, but Frosty, our, I'd say he's our number one target bull. Um, 
I would like to think he dropped where we thought he did. Uh, the last time we flew that area, we didn't see him. So he could have either been hiding really well or he, he dropped like we think he did. But, um, yeah, like you said, that easy, easy winner. Um, they're not, they went into it not stressed out, and they're currently not stressed out. So they could be dropped where we think they did, but not sure. So when you think about these light winners, Nate, you've talked to me about this before. You know, shed hunting's a big thing we do, right? You know, come spring. When you think about a massive snow winter or a light snow winter, how does that impact the shed hunt the following spring and what you've seen, you know, over the years getting out there, trying to actually find, not just find sheds, but potentially go find specific sheds of specific bulls? Is it harder, easier? More predictable, less predictable. What do you tend to see in general? You know, when there's when there's a lot of snow, they're not traveling as far, so they're you know they're easier to kind of pattern and you know put yourself in an area. You know, what we're finding over these last couple winters is when we start to do our spring shed fling, the um, we need more people. We're uh, we're doing more with dogs i think we had what six dogs here yeah. last sh six yeah. shed dogs here last year we're getting ready to get our own company dog um you know it, it's definitely a challenge i think on our best winter you know when it was a hard winter for the animals i mean we found what nine sets uh there was one spring after a high snow year i think we found nine ten sets i mean it was incredible you know this yeah. last year we found the cross bull you know, which we're going to talk more about that. We were able to harvest him. Um, really, really cool story. Uh, Gold Star Combat Veteran Hunt. We did in collaboration with Kuyu and um, a bunch of other um, folks that uh, wanted to see this come to fruition. Uh, he was able to harvest that bull. You know, we only found his set last year. This year, you know, we found Cricket. He wasn't really a target bull until we found his sheds and you know, we we had we we believe we have you know a little bit of history. You know, Bryce really does a lot of the you know the groundwork. I mean, we have so many pictures between what Bryce is shooting from the air, all the trail cameras are running. So you know, we're constantly going through those and figuring out who's who and what's what, and um, you know what they look like a year, two years, however far back we can go. <clears throat> and you know, it's. Uh, Stay tuned, folks, while we take a brief break for a word from our sponsors. Eagle Lakes boarding camps have been around since the 1890s. The camps sit on a 23,000-acre state reserve, surrounded by forest, loaded with wildlife. Cabins are rustic, bathroom, shower, full bar, great food. That has to do with outdoors, hiking, biking, camping, hunting, fishing. We can do it. All I can say is... If you're looking to, to get away, Eagle Lake Sporting Camps has what you're looking for. To learn more about the Eagle Lake Sporting Camps, please visit eaglelakesportingcamps.com. And now, let's get back to the podcast. It's just one of those things that you deal with on the, on the, the good side of it is, you know, the animals are doing really good out there. Um, the tough side of it is it makes our job more difficult but that means we get more exercise out there too i guess so i can't complain about physical activities yeah you know i'll tell you how i feel during the shed hunt is always my indication of how winter went 
Because I'll tell you right now, one year, I, I remember being up there one year and I'm like, I'm not taking another step. I'm just going to bed down right here and leave me. Um, especially going through um, some of those areas that get thinned in the winter. It's pretty so commercial thinning. The commercial thinning of woods. I don't know if people have ever seen this timber practice, but, you know, they'll thin the woods to help trees grow larger. And when they do it in the winter, the tops of the trees end up laying on the snow. And so it's like first thing in the spring, you end up with this almost imagine a box, a bed box spring for your bed without the material on it. And that's the forest floor. And you're like, do I run on top of the patty or do I go on the ground? It's just yeah. a spongy brush pile. I, I, I believe I believe it could be a qualifier for the American Ninja Warrior. It should be. I'm telling you right now, I welcome any of them to come try it. You need to sign a waiver for impalement. <laughs> Chris, I can remember the day we were shed hunting that area, and I can remember looking over and seeing you sitting on a stump questioning your life decisions that brought you to that point. Well, the it's thing not- was, what happened was I got out across this place like, hundreds of yards and I found a hole with a stump and I just sat down on it and all I could see 360 degrees was more of the same and just questioning everything but that's where they are and there's a pretty good chance that's where they drop so that's where you get to go no question no question but it was like I think it was the fifth time I'd fallen and I don't know if you've ever been like laying under a vehicle working on it and you slip a wrench and you bust your knuckle and you just lay there quietly because you just need a timeout. That was what happened in that moment, Bryce. I fell down. I was extremely upset about it. And I needed to just sit there and feel my feelings for a few minutes before I could continue on. So, but no, as I said, it's, it's challenging for the shed hunt. The, the mild winter is good for the animals, which is really, you know, the ultimate thing. Um, it makes finding that prize in the spring all that much sweeter. You wear your boots out a little bit quicker and that type of thing. But as I said, we'll, we'll see how it goes. There's a lot of winter left, but I just, my opinion, I don't know that even if it got severe from now on, that it's been so mild to this point, I think they're going to fare really well. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, even if, I mean, February and March can be snowy months. You know, I know that, but I mean, it's been a piece of cake. They have, like here in central Maine, our groomer hasn't even left the shack here in Herman. It hasn't moved. Um, there's, I don't know, a solid nine inches of snow on the ground here at UMaine. Um, wow. So, I mean, we'll take it. We'll take it. Um but as, let's jump in. I want to talk a little bit about reflection on the year, the year in review. Thinking back, you know, we're, we're you know, we, we, we shift gears so quickly. But I feel like we've now kind of hit the end of the cycle. The derby went by, you know, winter's here. We got through bear, moose. Had some fun trying to run around, chasing a few deer around. Um. Interested in y'all's like kind of overall reflections on the year, you know, the high points, things you look forward to in the coming 
year improvements, you know, from both y'all's perspectives? Yeah, well, it was a great year for, for OMM and in our history, it was our, our 20th year in business, which is um, definitely a milestone for us. I'm not sure, you know, Kenny, uh, I wish he was on this, this, uh, this one, he couldn't make it, but you know, I'm not sure we ever expected to, to be doing what we're doing, but you know, we started this, uh, cause we loved it. And, uh, you know, then, then we kept it going because we loved our friends that right. we made through it. And, uh, you know, as life gets busier, it seems to be what brings us back together. So we just have a great time with it, all of it. And uh, whether it's the bear, the moose, the grouse, whatever it is, you know, just, just, um, you know, having, having our, our, our friends, our family, what we consider family now, you know, coming in and, uh, you know, having, having goals, having missions out there and, uh, conquering, you know, so it was a great year. <clears throat> it was our, our busiest year, uh, which seems to be that way every year. We, uh, we had, you know, very good success rates. Um, we had very happy clients. Um, you know, you, I like hearing constructive criticism because, you know, we just try to improve at this point on, on little aspects. Right. And, um, you know, we're, we're, I guess we're doing pretty good because, um, between the, the, the crew, you know, the butcher shop, there's a lot of pieces that come into play here that, you know, can draw criticism and, and, um, yet to hear any of it. So very happy with everything, the way it went. We, um, we processed in the shop over 60 moose, uh, over 50 bears, made a lot of awesome food and, uh, the hunts went awesome. You know, we were blessed with great success and, um, you know, saw some, some really cool things happen that, you know, we thank God for every day that he puts in front of us and creates these opportunities for us to be around a lot, everybody that comes, comes in and joins us on, on what we love to, with what we love to do. And it was, uh, it was a great year. Um, I don't do a ton of guiding, as you know, um, kind of just running around and, helping out here and there, but I was able to, um, be a part on the crossbow hunt. That was fantastic. I actually jumped on another hunt. Um, you know, so that was really cool for me to get back in the game a little bit. I, you know, obviously I want to do that. I, I mean, that's why I started, you know, doing what I do. So, you know, hopefully I can see some more of that. And, um, you know, so from my point of view, that was uh, some of the highlights, uh, of my year. But the number one highlight was really, you know, seeing seeing the team successful and, you know, seeing um, clients successful and, and seeing people have a great experience, whether they harvested an animal or not. Right. And having them, you know, send messages and emails and and, you know, them reflecting on what a great experience and, you know, it, it could it's the little things, you know, it's, you know, the talks talks about life and God. And, you know, there's so many things that we have the opportunity to be around people to, um, you know, reflect on them and, and try to, you know, shed positivity on, uh, on their lives and, you know, be a, be a light for people, you know, and that's our, that's our goal. And, and that to me is, is the number one highlight of, of everything. So great year, loved it, had a blast and, and, uh, already excited for next year. No, I think you said it well. And I think it is, you, you touched on something and it, and it makes me reflect on 
some other like hunting circles I walk in, my wife from Long Island, who people who listen to the podcast have kind of heard me talk about kind of I was blessed to marry my wife who's amazing, but ultimately end up marrying into this nice lodge on Moosehead Lake as a result of that. And uh I didn't know about that before we were serious. If anyone questions that, that had nothing to do with yeah, the sure. <laughs> but I also wasn't complaining about it when I found out. But her uncles and there's there's a crew that goes up there every year. And uh, it's happened for generations. And my wife's great grandfather started it. And obviously he passed and his friends passed and her grandfather carried it on. You know, he's now passed. And so now it's like her uncles are like the old men. But one of them, uh, one of the last, you know, of the prior generation to pass, he, um, he wrote this like letter or this story, I guess that they have at camp and it talks about our annual two week hunting trip to Northern Maine, because I mean, they came up from New York, Tom flew in from flies in from California, like, you know, this group come together and they said it was more like a family reunion or a reunion than an actual hunting trip. And I feel that a lot here. You know what I mean? It's, it's like this annual moose hunt is and and the thing supporting it i guess it's more of a family reunion type thing than just going hunting um so you said nate it's like you know we're still doing this 20 years later because we kind of like to hang out with our friends it's kind of the craziest business model in the world but it is what it is <laughs> and so um you know it's it's a blast to be a part of and, and i agree it was it was um, there was a lot of laughs. I think there was a lot of, um, some memories, some things that will never stick. Um, my every second counts quote, um, that's going to live on in infamy for forever. I'm sure there's a few more that came out of it. And, uh, yeah, I think back to, I mean, everyone that we engaged with, even when tough things happened, there was like joy and comedy in it and lessons learned for future improvement, but nothing like devit, like nothing bad, I guess is what I, you know, what I would say. Um, I can even remember my, the September hunt I was on had a great hunt, ended on a little drama. Uh, we missed a layup early in the week. It just didn't happen. And high five and we're driving out of this piece and, you know, Hunter's raving about, I can't believe how much wildlife I saw. This was amazing. I enjoyed this more than these other hunts I've been on. He's great. And then Eric Poland says, Chris, stop, come back. And I'm like, what happened? And he turned around in that little turnout right there. When you come in there on that first corner and there was this great big stump, like cut off log in the grass and his whole truck was sitting up on it, dude. And his wheels were on the ground. <laughs> and it was like the best thing. It was like everyone was laughing. And they, it was like part of the experience. And so I just think there's so many moments like that. That you think back on and laugh. That really have 
nothing to do with the actual moose hunting itself. You know what I'm saying? Like the, just the time out there and, and, and the laughs and, and that type of thing. So it's uh yeah, it was a blast. It was the best season for sure. So how about you, Bryce? No, I feel like from my perspective, the season was real smooth. I mean, I'm here for bear all the way through and I feel like, you know, God is great. We were really blessed this season. Like, even from the little things, like we had great bait this year. Um, the hunts went smooth. Um, you know, along with the moose, like it was a high food year. You know, lots of water, lots of food. That affects the bears, the bait, the hunt, you know, everything. And I'd say everything went real smooth. Everything was successful. You know, we run the butcher shop all through the season. Um, just everything was smooth. And I'd say between all the locations, it was really smooth. Everything, all the all the cogs in the machine were running smoothly. Uh, not, no new locations this year. So, like, everything was familiar. We had worked all the camp out of everything. You know, we all, everybody knew where they had to be, what they had to do. And, I mean, that kind of boils down to everything else. You know, that, you know, customers are happy, clients are happy. And, you know, everything went great. Um, really efficient. You do think about the number of balls in the end at all. Yeah, I, I reflect on that, especially Sunday night of, wow, okay, so we got this many people in three different base camps. We got this butcher shop going. Like, I'm sure, Nate, in your mind, Monday morning, you're like, here we go. <laughs> God, take the wheel. Jesus, yeah. take the wheel. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the gun starting a marathon. It's like, and go. Go. <laughs> For the best. Right. Who made you know, first? <laughs> you know something, what's crazy is, you know, all the years of training that we do, you know, the team and the commitment and, you know, the and putting God first, you know, number one. But, you know, yeah, I start out the, I start out, you know, day one, just like that. And then it's like, really, no reason to even be worried, you know, and at the end of it, at the end of it, every year, it's like, that was easier than last year. And yeah. It was easier than the year before, and smoother and smoother. And it's uh, it just seems to just go that way. Stay tuned, folks. While we take a brief break for a word from our sponsors. If you're looking for a world class destination to go after big game or small game, look no further than OMM Outfitters. I'm Nathan Terrio with OMM Outfitters. And we encourage you to take a look at what we have to offer. Please visit our website at www.ommoutfitters.com and see what our professional staff has to offer and how we can create memories of a lifetime. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Um, so, I mean, I, I got to bring myself back, though, Chris, because it you know, it can be stressful. I mean, obviously, you know, we want everyone to be successful. Um, you know, we have the ability to do it. We, um, you know, with, with, you know, the aerial scouting, the, the trail cameras, the amount of big bulls that we have, you know, and, and, you know, so, you know, the hunting side of it, and then, you know, the lodging piece of it, you know, the food has to be right. The lodging has to be right. I mean, it has to be a world-class experience through and through, you know, from the time they book it to the time they they leave their meat is done the taxidermy is done you know they have everything you know i mean we see it all the way through 
Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's really gotten easy. And, you know, we pulled the, uh, pulled, pulled Troy Pelletier in, in-house taxidermy, the butcher shop. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to start to do some, some other aspects of the business that we've been outsourcing. That's going to be uh, something that we offer coming up here in the future. And, uh, you know, so it's just, just getting easier. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun. It's a great time, you know, and love, love it. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, I will say this was this year, I think really, I, I know this and I harp on this and this said before, I think, I actually think I saw Jim Shockey say it once on their video series or whatever talks about the pie that makes up a hunt and how the actual harvest is like this. You can have a hunt where someone shoots a trophy ball and they can leave not having had an amazing experience. You can have someone That's- leave having not harvested at all raving and can't wait to get back. I mean, that literally, that's just a fact. I think there's one thing I've learned through my guiding years, especially here has been that, you know, um, Bryce, you're um, October hunters. I mean, they might be our most active social media followers in the world. And they had an amazing hunt. I mean, ridiculous, right? Um, Yeah. You know, didn't punch a tag. Never pulled a trigger. Awesome. Had, you know, the they couldn't have had a better hunt, really. Yeah. And that's that's a testament to the experience, you know, like you said, what good is a, a trophy moose if everything else didn't come together? Right. No, for sure. So awesome. And as I said, the goal is, you know, repeat plus improvement. Awesome. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit. Nate, you just went on a trip. So I'd like you to share where you went, what you were doing, what you saw, you know, cool memories of it, because it's something I'm certainly interested in. And, and I think a lot of people would, would really like to kind of hear your perspective and on, on that event and that type of thing. So, so let her rip. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, the, during the winter months, there's a lot of outdoor um, hunting shows that take place, and um, been to a lot of them. We don't really have, you know, booths at these things. We've done a, a couple, but uh, we're very blessed. You know, we, you know, word of mouth and 20 years in business and having a, um, a reputation that we have. It, uh, you know, we're blessed. We don't have to have a booth there. So that gives us the opportunity to be flexible and, and go to some of these things. And one of the shows that, that I, I was able to visit as a, um, just as a, a consumer, so to speak, or a spectator, go walk around the show was, was SCI. And, uh, you know, everyone knows, uh, how important, uh, and what role SCI plays in, in our world and hunting and our tradition of hunting. I mean, they are first for hunters. That's their slogan, and, and that's what they stand true to. And they're just a very powerful organization to, that protects what we do. And uh, so that was one place uh, 15 years ago I ended up. It was in Reno at the time and, um, you know, just was really taken back. Didn't, you know, at that time, I mean, um, let me see. I was, you know, I was probably 25 years old. Um, it was a different world. And it was uh, very cool to see, 
one of the highlights of that was obviously, you know, you, you get the advocates there, such as Jim Shockey. I mean, Jim has just been, I mean, for one, he's a gentleman. Yeah. He's uh, old-fashioned chivalry at its best and and uh, just very well-spoken and understands the impacts that affect what we do and, and you know, provides very um, intricate and precise input on on how things can affect us and is a, is a very, you know, amazing advocate. And uh, and also, you know, supporter for SCI. So, of course, he's there. Many other folks are there, you know, many that I've met over the years and built relationships with. And one of the one of the cool ones that I had run into at the time had no idea what it was going to turn into was was a company called Kuyu. And yeah. uh, they've been around for about 15 years. And, you know, Jason Harrison started that company um, as uh, as a company that, you know, would create high-performance hunting apparel for, you know, sheep hunting and hunts that required gear that could withstand the elements. And, uh, you know, they've carried that brand on and the quality and the people. And it so much mirrors our team uh, that it's it's really cool. So then fast forward a little bit, you know, we um, we ended up getting a call from the head of the Guides and Outfitter program wanting us to you know, move the product east. And um, of course, we already loved the product and used it and, you know, jumped on the opportunity. And then um, last year, got invited to go and work the booth for Kuyu. Um, thought it was a great opportunity. We have a lot of clients that go to that show. They could stop in and see us and shake hands. And, you know, we could help to, you know, outfit people in the, um, uh, in the in the gear that they needed for the hunt that they were doing and uh as you know we live it you know so just just a great opportunity there that show is now in in uh nashville tennessee it's going to be there for a while it's a great venue uh it was a super good time um you know great to see everybody at that at that event you know ended up uh the the, the final night the final dinner uh, Shane Black um, got uh, got a very prestigious award. Jim Shockey introduced him, and you know Jim was sitting at the table beside me. had had you know good conversations with him, and looking forward to you know um, some of the great opportunities that we're going to have presented to us with some of these great companies, uh, and and a lot of you know in the work that you've done with this podcast, Chris, and just the outreach that you've created with this thing is just you know it's leaps and bounds and appreciated and and not just the moose hunting world pretty much the, all the moose hunting world because if if you want to listen to a moose hunting podcast you're listening to, to your host 375 richards and uh, you know it's it's just been you know very well uh accepted we're getting excited to you know go to that next level this was an opportunity for us to you know see some of those doors open god is great and he always does uh, i actually had the opportunity to bring my wife along she uh last minute <clears throat> you know of course as you know but katie's a big hunter you can go on youtube watch her moose hunt uh fox pro filmed it it's got half a million views and and um you know she's more of a hunter than i am uh, i honestly think she married me so she'd have a personal guide but she's uh she's a hunter in the family and uh she's done really well with it she loves kuyu you know she's great with people 
Um, you know, women in the outdoors is a huge thing. And about four hours before I was getting ready to jump on my flight to head out there, my roommate uh, ended up unfortunately getting COVID. Yeah. And uh, so I said, you got two hours to pack. She packed up. We found a place to, for the three kids to go. And Bryce was a babysitter one of the days with the snowmobiles and ice fishing. And I uh, <laughs> Yep, yeah. That was Bryce's job description for one of the days. And he loves it. He's so good with the kids and all kids. And anyways, it was fun. <clears throat> we had a great time. And uh, you know, it's just great to see uh, you know, I, the women in the booth, you know, and, and the, the amount of women that, you know, love the gear and yeah. want to see more the participation from women hunters is is growing, um, which is which is huge. So, yeah, super fun event. Excited. Sunday I leave for um, for Mexico for an oscillated turkey hunt. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, those beautiful birds. So, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy year. No, for sure. I'll say too. Anyone, if you want to hear the story of that moose hunt Katie had, we actually recorded that. That's episode nineteen. Um, back in our uh, our our history, so to speak, it's crazy to think this episode we're recording right now is episode number thirty nine. So we wow. started this, and you know, it, it's it's been fun to see the engagement, like you touched upon, Nate. Um, I mean, I feel like this started out of just you know, I've said this before, just wanted to capture stories. And some of these stories really mean a lot to us. You know, for instance, you know, everything with Guy and we lost him this year and, and having that. That's just such a cherished thing for so many very differently. And it's it's kind of opening up. You know, we get messages from guides from Canada and all these things and tips. And it's been a surreal experience. And nothing but positive and awesome. Even with opinions I have, <laughs> which which people know I do. Um, but I think, too, one thing I'll say, and you mentioned to have the podcast be a discussion point and something you're able to like mention to these folks and, and see where this is going to go in the coming months and years ahead. It's, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. It's been a blast. It's like kind of a wild ride when you start looking at it's. It's really cool. It's really cool. And I'll tell you, client calls now, at least for like for me, they said, Hey, I'm Chris. Like, oh, do you, are you on the podcast? I'm like, and like, oh, we already know you all about you. I'm like, oh, well, I need to know about you. <laughs> and so, so it, it's, it's been a blast. It's been, you know, the coming year continued, you know, the dog thing's going to be cool. Are we going to have that for this spring or that be in training or how's that going to go, Nate? Yeah, we're, you know, it's the dog's going to happen this year. We're not sure when, as far as the company dog goes, but <clears throat> we're going to have the shed dog team come out again. We're not sure of the numbers, but we're going to need quite a bit um, of help with that. And I just want to circle back a little bit, but you know the the podcast is was an opportunity for us to to really highlight the team and and um you know we, we part of this company is is we want people to come and 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 spend time with us that already feel like they know us like you said yeah. and uh, you know 
can go to this podcast, they can they can get to get to know the team and what we're all about, and, and it's uh, you know so just really cool. And there's a few things that come to mind: social media. Social media can be an incredibly powerful tool for good, but I observe so many hunters that get dragged into nonsense. Some things just shouldn't be engaged with. And almost it's sometimes it's almost like if you engage, you give it more of a platform. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. We encounter that, you know, where, Hey, people have their views and it is what it is. Um, We'd love the opportunity to engage with and share different perspectives and, you know, I'm, I can tell you a lot of these people who, you know, really just despise what we do or think we might be the devil. I would bet my guide's license that if they came up to Maine for a week, we don't have to go out and kill anything. I'm going bombing around in the woods. They'd probably leave with a very different opinion and feeling like they made a friend. We could have some common ground and, and, and that type of thing. And I, I, I feel like social media and how so many do it, you can celebrate hunting and bring others in very powerfully but you can't fuel the flames of just blatant ignorance and nonsense and, uh, and you know that's a big thing i know we talked about the team with that and i think that there's lessons we all could learn for sure yeah definitely something we should probably touch on more in the future i think it's something we should probably hit on often and frequent so people can you know just kind of understand you know how important it is for for us if, if you like this industry you like your tradition of hunting, you know, you, you really have to tread lightly when it comes to, uh, you know, the aspects of it, you know, being the, you know, the, the guy, the, the, the private hunter that's going to go out and hunt on their own and the, and the people that are going to look to book an outfitter, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a very important place for all of that. And, um, it's just something I think that needs to be, you know, in the limelight frequently. So just, you know, some things I've noticed over the years. And as you get older, you tend to reflect back on these things. And, you know, uh, sometimes I wish I had known known these things a lot earlier than I do and yeah. maybe get a, a head start on things. You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, you're going to laugh at this. You know, I work in higher education and we go, we face a challenge of like housing practices, themed housing. So we have like outdoor adventure themed housing. And the idea is putting people together or into the outdoors and want to do things in the outdoors. Makes sense, right? People like interests, they'll build quality relationships, love going to college, stay enrolled, whatever. Bro, we have more conflicts with that area than you could imagine because it brings together. I grew up in Dixfield, Maine, right? We had a big buck contest in my high school. Not only did I, I never knew anyone growing up who didn't hunt, let alone someone who thought hunting was bad. I just thought those were foreign, like, like foreign concepts that just didn't exist. Get to college and all of a sudden, you know, the student down the hall thinks what you do is the devil. And so you have these conflicts and I would love to go back in time to 18 years old. Cause I probably would like to take a few back anyway. Well, boys we're approaching the mark. This has been awesome. It's good to see you guys. You too. It's, uh, it's been too long. 
I'm going to, uh, my schedule is now kind of lightened. Nate's going to cool shows for hunting and stuff. I've been in Chicago um, doing admissions work, which was great. And it was wonderful. It was honor to be a part of, but I'll tell you right now, there's, I could, there's zero chance I'm ever moving from Maine to a major metropolitan city. I can tell you that, that there was wonderful. The food was really good. I'll say that. But outside of that, I was looking around, where are the trees? So, so it's good to be back in Maine, but boys, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? No, just, uh, you know, always a pleasure being on here with you, Chris. And, and, uh, just, you run a good show my friend and you're looking good as usual and and march is a good month and you know maybe we'll get some more snow here so maybe we can get together on a little snowmobile excursion yes yeah we will i'll be up we'll make it happen for sure i'm looking out we got uh you main black bear hockey man on a tear crushing. crushing so that's been wrapping up some weekends but it uh i'll get away when they're on the road or something and, and we'll be up so all right, Nate Bryce, thanks for taking the time. To all our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. Be safe, be well, and as always, God bless. Mm-hmm.